G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On Thursdays, we check in with Family Voice Australia. The State Director for New South Wales and the ACT is Greg Bondar. Hello, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil. Hey, Greg, just a, let's start. Just a, a quick thought or two from you because it's been dominating headlines Little Cleo Smith, a beautiful four-year-old girl, Mm. returned to her parents, wonderful police work, a nation's sigh of relief that she'd been found safe and well. What were your thoughts? Now, look, I have to tell you, look, I became a granddad last year. You know, my granddaughter will turn two very shortly. And uh, I have to tell you that my heart went out when somebody loses their child that young and It's amazing, Neil. It's absolutely amazing, the power of prayer. Now, I was following this event closely, and I I know the Christians across Australia have been praying, but St. Mary's Star of the Sea, the Catholic Church in Carnarvon, uh, held a prayer vigil for Cleo's safe return. Now, I know other Australians have been praying as well, but isn't it important to note that there are no atheists in a foxhole, as the saying goes, and... Isn't it interesting that the power of prayer brings people together? I think this is a real message for all of us. God has answered our prayers, and I think we need to make sure that we understand that there is power in prayer. So from my point of view, hallelujah, Neil. Yes, and I've noted when I've been looking at and reading reports, uh, people using words like, Uh, thanking God and answered prayers. You know, we could also touch on, Greg, the value of our children. Now, you and I talk about this every week, keeping our children safe from predators. And you can think of that in a physical sense, but whether they be abductors or those who want to steal away our kids' innocence, uh, there are a lot of guilty parties there, so we've got to protect our kids. It's very important, Neil, that we make sure that we educate our children, you know, in the right way to behave both publicly and privately. But not only that, I think we need to make sure that, you know, society is very much on the lookout. And this is why I get very upset sometimes when when the magistrates and the courts give such leniency to pedophiles and what have you. Uh, I don't know what this person is. I don't know his background. That's not the issue for me at the moment. The issue is that this child, four-year-old, has been reunited with their parents, and it's wonderful that the community can get together, pray for them. But as you said, Neil, you know, we always say, I will pray for you, but who are you praying to? Well, in our case, we're praying to the Almighty, our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll give thanks to God for the safe return of four-year-old Cleo Smith. Hey, let's touch on some of the big political developments, and you've been looking across the border there to Victoria Mm. and some developments there. Just on the 26th of October, the Andrews government in Victoria introduced legislation into Parliament that could give the Premier and the Health Minister unprecedented powers. What are your thoughts about what's happened in Victoria? Oh, Neil, I have to tell you, Chairman Dan has done it again. 
um, Victoria would have to be the number one state in Australia that is anti-Christian. They have introduced the Public Health and Wellbeing Amendment Pandemic Management Bill 2021. Now, what this really means is, and by the way, it was rushed through the Parliament very quickly, and it's now in the Upper House in Victoria, but very quickly, Neil, this particular bill will virtually give unlimited power to restrict movement, ban public gatherings, close businesses, impose curfews, playgrounds, uh, medical examine people, send them to quarantine with huge fines of $90,000 plus for individuals and $450,000 fine for companies. And Neil, this is nothing short, nothing short of dictatorship. Can I just tell you that the political commentator, Peter Credlin, says, if these laws are passed, they would make Dan Andrews the nearest thing to a dictator that Australia has ever had. Wow, we've got to stop it now. So the Premier would be able to suspend Parliament and lock down the state at any time. Uh, the government yep. would have virtually unlimited power to restrict movement, ban public gatherings, close businesses, impose curfews and playground yep. bans, uh, yep. test or, or uh, medically examine people or send them into quarantine. I mean, these sorts of things, uh, we're not used to hearing about that sort of heavy-handedness uh, being talked about in Australia. No, we're not, Neil. And the Act, if you, if you look at this bill, it is so broad that it will be able to even shut down political rhetoric. In other words, if we want to say something or religiously we want to speak out, the government can say, sorry, we're shutting you down, uh, you, you know, you've got an opposing political belief or action. And, and the, even the legal fraternity in, in Victoria has said <clears throat> that, that, that this gives the Premier and the Health Minister unlimited and practically, now listen to this, practically unreviewable power. In other words, that, that, that they can declare a pandemic anytime they wish and, and, and if they deem it reasonably necessary. That's a lot of power for one man to have and to use it at, the, at, at his whim if, 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 if he doesn't agree with a particular political view or religious view or whatever. Neil, we have to stop this and Family Voice does have a campaign on it at the moment uh, on its website because this is really, really a dangerous bill uh, coming before us now. Uh, I was talking earlier in the week about whether this might be some sort of, you know, accidental, uh, you know, oversight. Oh, well, you can do all of those things. Uh, the idea of applying that sort of legislation to what I understand are classes of persons mm. uh, identified by their characteristics, their attributes or their circumstances Yep. The fact that that can easily be applied to people who hold a Christian belief, uh, this yeah. is where I guess we need to be uh, sounding the alarm bells. Absolutely. If you look at the bill closer, which I have, if you look at the 113 legislative pages now, it gives the Premier almost unlimited power to do what he thinks fit. Now, this is dangerous because... As I said, if he believes that a political or a religious view does not conform to a particular uh, uh, aspect of his legislation or his political views, he can broaden it out to shut that down by way of saying, OK, 
you know, we're going to shut down your business, your church or whatever, because it, it, it's deemed to be a pandemic of some sort. Now, it's so broad, it is frightening. And I'm really saying to everybody in Australia, but particularly Victorians, get onto this and object on our website. Make sure you let the Premier know this is not on. Well, Greg, it's the 4th of November today, and on the 16th of November, it'll be debated in the Upper House in Mm. Victoria. Uh, So 12 days, uh, and lots of people listening to our conversation today, not in Victoria, but what should Victorians do? Lots of people in Victoria listening, what should they be doing uh, between now and then? Well, I think they've got to write to every member of their uh, member of their parliament, you know, in, in Victoria. Uh, make sure they put an objection in through our campaign, um, which we've which we've labelled Premier's grab for power. Make sure that they, you know, do protest, do write, because you're going to regret it. You are going to regret it if you live in Victoria. This has to be stopped because it does give the Premier a lot of power. No wonder he's got the nickname Chairman Dan, because this is just not... It is just not what we as mums and dads in Australia need now. Well, familyvoice.org.au, and I'll give the Family Voice website once again if you're looking for a lead there on how you can respond, especially if you're in Victoria. Hey, some big things happening. I'll get your insights, Greg, around uh, what's something that's new, and, and I guess a lot of people thinking common sense would say this is pretty sensible, Uh, the federal government introducing a bill that will require voters to show ID when they vote. Uh, The idea, I guess, of uh, weeding out those who want to uh, vote early, vote often, is uh, one of those uh, people going to various polling booths and voting multiple times. Uh, What are your thoughts for what's happening federally? Well, Neil, this is very, very much over. uh, It's been overdue for a long time. On October 28th, we, the government introduced the Electoral Legislation Amendment Voter Integrity Bill 2021. Now, this has real implications because a lot of Christians are now standing for Parliament and we've got to make sure that they are able to be elected with, in, in a fair manner. Now, what this means, and Neil, you've, you've, you've said it clearly, and I've been Deputy Mayor of our local council, and I remember going to vote, and the Labor, the Labor mantra is always vote early, vote often. Because you take a marginal seat, which I've, and I've gone into this now, if you have a marginal seat, whether it's federal, state or local government, if you, if, if you turn up to the polling booth, which I have, and I said name, I said John Smith, you know, Greg Bond or whatever it might be, they put a line across the, the paper and then I could go to five other voting booths and do the same. And do the same. In other words, I could write five, ten times, depending on how many polling booths are in your particular electorate. Now, they don't check. There's no system for checking. They do say, have you voted before? And I said to the girl once uh, at the counter, I said, well, what if I have? I said, oh, well, you're not supposed to do that. I said, oh, look, I haven't. But uh, uh." In other words, Neil, the system is open to abuse. And if you've got a marginal seat and you get 20 or 30 people that vote 20 or uh, 10 booths, that's three or 400 votes. And unless we stop this, we're going to have real problems in people being elected in a, in a proper manner. And you can only, and I dare say, have a look at Donald Trump. He's been arguing this sort of um, uh, 
er errors in voting for a long time now. I was quite surprised when I heard a conversation suggesting that after each election, uh, typically thousands of people are identified as having voted multiple times. So this is not something that's just a rarity. This is... Uh, obviously a clear uh, campaign that's being waged in order to get certain candidates over the line. And, and uh, so, so this is, uh, do you think this is a simple solution? It's a simple solution. If I go to a bank, I have to show an ID. Okay. If I go to vote, I show an ID, it gets, gets into the computer and it says, right, Greg has voted. Now, if we don't allow that, then you can vote multiple times. And that's a real danger. Now, Labor and Greens opposing this. Of course they did, because, as I said, the Labor mantra, vote early, vote often. Now, we've got to make sure, Neil, we've got to make sure that while they argue, Labor and Greens, that, oh, well, people that don't have IDs are a disadvantage, everybody has some form of ID. And I think we need to make sure, as you, as you do in a bank, here is my ID. There's going to be an election next year, Neil. I've got to make sure that people vote once and vote as themselves, Neil. And this is the best thing that come out, in my view, uh, being in politics, I know, uh, that, that will ensure that if Christians are standing, they're not going to be victimised through multiple voting by their opposition, Neil. Well, I'm sure it's not the whole answer, but it certainly does appear to be a step towards yeah. something that might ensure some voter integrity when it comes to especially the lead-up to the next federal election here in Australia and after all of the controversy that went on in the US elections, uh, we might hope that some of that is avoided here. Hey, let's cast our vision across the seas. There's a couple of international items you've been following along. Uh, one of those about abortion in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, what, what's yeah. your observation? Neil, I've been doing some research because, of course, uh, we're working on the Euthanasia Act here as well in New South Wales, the last state. But I was looking at the UK Abortion Act, which came in, it's now in its 50, 54th year. Did you know that abortion killed twice as many people as COVID since the pandemic? But in particular, uh, the Abortion Act of 1967 in the UK, now you ready? Yeah. has killed 9.7 million lives since becoming in, in, in force. Now, that's a lot of people under abortion. But not only that, when the, when the pandemic started, abortion, was, uh, the abortion had twice as many lives lost than COVID. And now, this is a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy. And, and you know, we are all up in arms about COVID, uh, rightly or wrongly, whether you're pro or anti, that's not the issue. The issue is that we're up in arms against COVID, against the COVID, killing lives, yet we say nothing about the abortion, which is twice as, causing twice as many deaths as COVID. It's a real shame, and it's a bad reflection on the way people are thinking in our society today. Okay, another issue you've been following along, and Family Voice, great advocates uh, for family and for parents' rights, and uh, in the US, a Florida elementary school is under investigation for taking students on a field trip to a gay bar. What's this one about? Yeah, now, look, again, I'm working on what is it that uh, uh, education provides children. Now, I was fortunate last night to have a webinar where I spoke with the, the Minister for Edu Education, Alan Tudge. Uh, we, we spoke about the national curriculum, how important it is, and we can't let Christianity be ignored and hijacked by the loony left, as I keep saying. 
but it was a wonderful webinar because he was very, very pro-Christianity uh, remaining as part of Western civilization. Now, if the, if the trend in America is that schools can be taking young children to gay bars as an excursion, as a way of showing what life is... Now, where are we headed? I don't want my two-year-old granddaughter, Daisy, being taken to a gay bar. I know it's not... I'm, a, I'm an air grandparent, but... I'm sure their mum and dad wouldn't either. Now, where are we going? We've got to make sure that we keep an eye on the education system. We make sure that we know what curriculum is being taught at your local school and just to make sure that your child is being protected. We spoke about Chloe Smith, you know, we've got to make sure that they are brought up in a very much a natural family where mum and dad can look after the child and give them the right education that they are very much needed for personal growth and development now. Well, Greg, before I let you go, uh, what sort of upcoming events have you got on in your uh, campaign schedule? Well, we've got a lot happening, quite frankly. As I said, we've got the national curriculum, but uh, next week I've got two very important people, Dr David Adler, President of the Australian Jewish Association, and Senator Eric Abet. Now, we're going to be talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. What impact does it have on our freedom? But, Neil, a lot of people don't realise that it, there is a huge impact on us. There is a lot of anti-Jewish sentiment out there at the moment. We've got to make sure that doesn't, that, that doesn't grow if we're truly uh, caring about our faith and freedoms. So it's very, very important, Neil, that uh, you know, this topic be raised, and I'm hoping that people will get on board register uh, just go to our website now so familyvoice.org.au to be a part of uh, those campaigns and those special events that greg bondar is talking about if you want to get informed familyvoice.org.au greg bondar is family voice australia state director for new south wales and the act greg appreciate your update as always thanks for being with us once again today on 2020 yeah thank you neil and every blessing Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.